Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Say goodbye to diluted creams and serums that are often made up of 70% water and 15% preservatives, leaving minimal space for the ingredients your skin craves. The scientists behind fiber skincare have spent 15 years perfecting nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. And just one year ago, they patented a way of wrapping these nanofibers around oil or liquid-based ingredients. The result was a formula that delivers five times more active ingredients compared to creams or serums with no need for fillers like water preservatives or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is a plant-based anti-wrinkle set of patches that you use over seven days, applying them just like your favorite serums. Your skin will feel tighter in 10 seconds, and over seven days, the program is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by by 19.4%. In fact, they have a tighter skin guarantee where if your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they will give you your money back, no questions asked. Go to fiberskincare.com and use code unfiltered for 15% off. We're seeing that we don't experience desire until we're aroused. So rather than, oh, I feel desire, so let me get aroused, we actually have to get physically aroused first. So this is a differentiation between what we call spontaneous desire and responsive desire. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Natalie, what do I do? <laughs> I hope it's giddy giddy. Good morning. Good morning. Always on time, always fresh as a daisy, looking gorgeous. Have her favorite thing in the back, which is greenery. (laughs) How are you both? It's nice to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. I miss your face. I miss hearing you. I see you on social, so I feel like I'm following along. 
I feel like you're doing all the fabulous things in all the fabulous places. Like life has not slowed down for you. You've just found even more of a rhythm than more than ever. But this is Dr. Jess O'Reilly. And we have known her for such a long time. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I feel like in our world, you have been an original like sex expert having conversations. And I remember like, I want to say over 10 years ago, when you would talk about sex, we would giggle and you would talk about it like it was brushing your teeth and no one else was doing it at that time, except for Dr. Ruth, who used to sneak and watch like somewhere when you weren't supposed to. Yeah, the world has changed though now, right? Everybody's talking about it. Department stores, you know, toys are sold at the drugstore in the regular aisle. So life has changed so much. And I think it's definitely for the better in that now we're having real conversations and people are being honest more about their lives. It's not just like clinicians, admittedly, like I'm a little bit guarded about my personal life. But what's so cool to me is that all sorts of people are just talking about their own experiences. And then there's so much learning to be taken from that. That's such a good point. I did. I mean, I, I realize that things are changing when, you know, even when you see like billboards at the side of the highway for sex toys, but like, it's so true. You were like the only one, I know you guys all just said this, but I'm just having this moment. You're the only one talking about it. And now it is just, and it's only getting more and more. And it's going to be so great for like our daughters. It's going to be even better than it was for us. But um, I mean, gosh, Dr. Jess was the one who, when we filled a room full of people, she gave everyone an heirloom carrot and taught them how to do the clock. Claudia. Uh, we never, we'll never forget the Claudia, just so you know. The Claudia, do you remember it? Me? Yeah. I Cla- mean, like, Claudia is famous. Do you, you know, Claudia is a real person. She's a real person. remember that moment? The moment where we all had carrots and we had to link our fingers and go super tight. The hand jobs, the new blow job. The hand job to end all blow jobs. Was that at your yes. house? Was no. It was like a private, the private tennis club in Toronto. Oh, yes. I absolutely remember that. Yes. Okay. That was our very first time meeting and you two are amazing. Like you were even just starting out, but you filled that room. Like all these, you were doing something totally different. And I know you know this already, but while like the mom groups were talking about momming, you were talking about life. You were like, no, we want to not have the kids. We want to not talk about the kids. We need that. We want to talk about everything from like wine to fashion to apparently blowjobs. The two other things that happened in that moment, just because, you know, all of you guys are listening that know us, is two, three, lots of things happened in that evening. One, we were talking about sex. We got to have you. You were like, if you fill a room full of people, you can actually go to a brand and they can pay you to talk about their product, which worked. And the other thing was we live streamed it. Way back then, 10 years so ago. So many things happened in that night. Ahead of the curve, ahead of the curve. Do you feel like we should probably explain what Claudia is, though? Yeah, I do feel like we should because I I I don't think I've used it since that day. Um, but I I think it would be it just just I know this is not my personal sexual podcast, but like two things. Number one, the positioning of like a hand job because I feel like you could fall over quite easily when you've got two hands on a penis. <laughs> you could fall over, right? Like it's not very stable if you have a very soft mattress. Like I guess you have to do it in like a hard like setting. Can you, so can you just say what position you're in? Are you on the side right no, now? No, I don't know. And that's the point. Well, oh, how do you okay. get in the position to get two hands on a dick? Okay. Is the question. Okay. Well, first of all, okay, that's a great question because the person with the penis always wants to lie on its damn back. And that is the hardest position 
for the partner. So can that penis shimmy its way up the bed and just sort of be facing forward or with their legs, like just sitting on the side of the bed, like you're sitting in a chair and putting some pillows down for their partner's knees, lying next to them is the hardest position in the world. Like you need core muscles to be able to, as you said, and I thought it was so funny when you you were like, well, maybe it's it's not hard enough to hold you up. I thought you were talking about the shaft itself, but you're talking about the bed. <laughs> like if it's a soft mattress, you're falling all over. You need some like, you need something like a board underneath or something. <laughs> In so many ways. So yeah, if you can just get them to sit up and be sitting between their legs or the best position ever really, as I said, is they're sitting in a chair or they're sitting on the edge of the bed. You're kneeling at their feet uh, and you're getting in there. And so it's good for your mouth. It's good for your hands. And then you need lots and lots of lube. And uh, yes, that very first event, you had a, a lube sponsor. I remember that. And lube is the answer for everyone at every age. Like I think maybe for our generation and our parents' generation, we never really used lube unless there was a so-called problem. But the generations yeah. behind us, they are using lube. Like they How much know. do you use, Jess? I really struggle with that. How much do you actually use? Like seven squirtfuls, like dollar bill size? Like how much are we using to, that's what confuses me. And where does it go? So it depends what you're doing, but you are generally not going to overuse lube. So you could start with, for the Canadians, like a toonie size to begin with. For the Americans, like an old silver dollar size. Uh, although Americans know what a toonie is now, I think these days. Like yeah. they're making fun of our currency. They know the size of it. Yeah. And then you want it probably for hand jobs, you might want to use a silicone-based lube, but there, there are generally two types of lubes. There are many, but the two main ones are silicone-based and water-based. And silicone-based is going to be a little bit more slippery, a little bit more longer lasting, far more waterproof. Uh, and I guess the downside of it is that it doesn't wash away as easily. Whereas water-based, of course, is water-based. So it washes away more easily. It won't last in the shower. It may not last as long, but a little bit of saliva or a little bit of water will reactivate it. Me personally, and what I'm into doesn't mean it needs to be what you're into. I like a water-based lube because I like something that washes away a little bit more easily. Um, but I'm just going to have to use a little bit more. So, and there's fun ways to play with lube. I don't know. You use lube, right? No. No. What? Okay. I send you some lube. <laughs> I wish you could see her face. I wish, I wish. Just this, sheer, just, sheer shock. Yes. The thing is that, um, we, uh, I, I was talking about the lube confusion for me and, you know, a lot of part of sex for me is confusing when you're in a relationship for a long time because of like getting it, like went like getting, like getting out the lubes, so, like you start kissing, like, let me just grab my lube and then let me put it on my hand. And then, you know what I mean? It's a lot of like, um, steps it's in, like when you're tired, it's a lot of steps to add all these things in. It's like if okay. people are using condoms, like how do you make that sexy get into it? Yeah. Okay, but the lube is actually going to be less, make everything less effort because, yeah, it's like it's one step where you have to reach the side. First of all, I always say kind of just tuck it in the side of your bed. The other thing you can do is actually put it on yourself before you get to bed. Like you can actually put it on your lips, either set of lips and whatever works for you before you get into the bed and be ready to, ready to go. Does it last the whole time? Uh, it can. A silicone-based one will last a lot longer, whereas a water-based might dry out a little bit more quickly. It depends what you're using. Do you put it up inside? 
Uh, it, okay, so that's a great question. Usually people are not putting it up inside, but some people will. So for example, people who are dealing with a vaginal atrophy. So as you get older, the walls of the vaginal canal will start to thin. And it, and that just, it's like our skin, right? Like if I look under my eyes, I can see those little veins a little more than I did 20 years ago, right? Uh, so right. similarly, that, that skin is going to get a little bit more sensitive. People who are perimenopausal or postmenopausal sometimes will use not only lube inside, but a moisturizer. And so that those Sorry, are what? two, yeah, two different Vaginal things. Vaginal moisturizer. Let's really clarify that you're not taking your local Aveeno and putting it up your vagina. You are they make vagina moisturizers? They do, yeah. There was a Canadian company that went by Demiva, but there are multiple brands because you know how you put makeup on your face during the day or you put sunscreen on your face during the day, but at night and probably during the day, you also use moisturizer. I don't know how many steps you use. I'm like a one-step person, but I know there are people who do like the six-step program, but you know how you moisturize your skin as well as doing other things to it. That can be the same for the vagina. So some people will use a vaginal moisturizer as well. Generally, those are people who are dealing with dryness. I want to say something super important too, because there's so much pressure here. If you are super wet, it doesn't mean you're turned on. And if you're not wet, it doesn't mean you're not turned on because we tend to take wetness as a sign of arousal. Yes. But sometimes like it's just a Tuesday and for some reason you're wet and other times you're super, super turned on and you're super dry. And that's just the way our body functions, right? Like I can't necessarily control how much I sweat. I'm a very, very, very sweaty person and I can't make you sweat like I'm sweating right now. I'm always sweating. <laughs> and it's wow. just a natural bodily function for me. So similarly, some people will self-lubricate more. Some people will self-lubricate less. It's not necessarily a sign that you are aroused or not aroused. And I, I, we hear that all the time. And, you know, some people in the absence of comprehensive sex education, they turn to porn for sex ed. And in porn, it's like, oh, you're so wet or oh, yeah, I'm so yeah. wet. And all the books too, by the way. All the oh, books, oh, even yeah. that aren't like erotica, just like, you know, regular old books that are like, you know, maybe more like, um, what are they called? The female books, you know, like... um like come chiclet yes, Chiclets, yes like a lot of like oh you're so wet like in the sex scenes all right we're gonna take a quick break and then um i want to i want to recap you on something and ask your opinion on it hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been following us, you know we are last minute planners when it comes to summer, except for this year. We even have one of our kids going to overnight camp for a month, a whole month. We're super excited for them, but we are getting anxious about not seeing them for that long. How will they cope? Will they make friends? Will they be homesick? We all have our own unique set of stressors varying in size and significance, yet when we hold on to them, they can gradually take a toll on our well-being. Fortunately, therapy provides a safe space where you can get things off your chest and find effective strategies to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy offers a place to discover strategies for stress reduction and balance in your life, helping you face life's challenges with new strength. Like when your tween goes to overnight camp for a month and you're trying to put on a brave face. If you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's completely online, designed for convenience, flexibility, and tailored to fit your schedule. Simply complete a short questionnaire to be matched with a licensed therapist, knowing you can switch therapist anytime at no extra cost. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash cat and nat today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash cat and nat. Okay, so a lot of the experts, um, we're doing a three-part series in the world of sex for people who are um, who are in maybe long-term relationships or women. We were finding that there was a ton of sex uh, conversations for single people and people who were kind of out in the world. And there was these wild stories. And a lot of married women were kind of like, what about that's us? not my life and I can't really relate to that. So we've kind of opened the door. And a lot of the doctors and sex experts that we've talked to this far have talked about kind of intimacy and sex for women is very different for men and kind of this whole conversation of, you know, um, building a relationship with your partner all day rather than just like seeing them as a person who you maybe do life with and then at nighttime getting to bed being like, I'm ready to have sex. And the female's like, well, I'm not. Um, so we've kind of uncovered that, but trying to piece together here for women, how much, like a lot of them say they have no sex drive. Is that because they're not masturbating? Is that because they don't know what a, a sex drive feels like because they've been trained that sex is bad? Like, what is that for people who might be in long-term relationships that they're just like, I just don't feel it. And maybe their partners are very loving all day, but they're just like, no. Yeah. So I think what it is, is you're perfectly normal. So most of us do not experience, and this is regardless of gender in long-term relationships, spontaneous desire, right? Where we're a light switch where you like, you take the kids to school and then you have your full day of work and then you help with dinner and then you help them with homework and then you put them to bed and then you talk to your mother-in-law and then you jump into bed and you're like, you know what I'm in the mood to do? I want to ride. I want to get on top. No, it's just not realistic for most folks. So this is, I'm so glad you asked about this because libido we talk about it like it's a drive, like hunger or thirst or the need to sleep and breathe. And it is not. Sex drive is not something that is required in order for us to survive. And so it's a bit of a misnomer to call it a drive. What it is, is a desire for some people and not a desire for others. And so that doesn't mean that we can't all enjoy sex and we can't all 
learn to want sex. But what we need to do is really put ourselves in the mood. So the old model of desire was very, very um, one-dimensional, where it was, okay, you experience desire, then you get aroused, then you hit plateau, then you have an orgasm, then it's resolved. But for most people, and this is so important, we're actually seeing this shifting in psychological diagnoses. We're seeing that we don't experience desire until we're aroused. So rather than, oh, I feel desire, so let me get aroused, we actually have to get physically aroused first. So this is a differentiation between Mm. what we call spontaneous desire and responsive desire. And most of us in long-term relationships, and this is not just women's people of all genders, are more, many of us become more responsive with time. Meaning if you wait until you're in the mood to have sex, you'll never have sex. And for some people, that's perfectly fine. Like you don't, not everybody has to have sex. Not everybody wants sex. And I I think it's, I'm sure you've talked about this, but worth mentioning that some folks are actually asexual. Some people do not experience sexual attraction. Now, uh, people can check out asexuality.org if they want to learn more, because that's sort of a different, bigger conversation. But for people who don't want sex, but want to want sex, we have to figure out like what lights our fire. And sometimes we have to say, okay, no, no, after that long day, just talk to your mother on the phone, screw off, I'm going to bed. Cool. But other days we might say, I'm not in the mood, but you know, go down on me for five minutes and let's see if I get in the mood. Or I'm not in the mood, but I'm going to think about this scene from the show I saw and see if I get in the mood. Or I'm not in the mood, but I'm going to reach for my toy and see if I get in the mood. And you're not always going to be responsive. Like sometimes you're going to try and it's just not going to happen. And that's okay. And I think that, you know, you, you have brought up so many things like, is it shame? Is it negative messaging? Yes, it can be all of these things, but it doesn't mean that there's a deficit. It doesn't mean that you're broken. It means that you're perfectly normal. And we just need to kind of talk about it and say, you know what? I don't find myself in the mood, but also qualify that in the context of a relationship. So are you still attracted to your partner? That's something you probably want to express openly. Do you want to get in the mood? Um, Are there things you can do in your life? Usually it's a lifestyle thing. People want to think it's like a pill I can take or a shot I can get or, you know, changing my diet or if I just masturbate more. Oftentimes it's lifestyle. Like I'm tired. I'm stressed. I'm doing too much. I'm overcommitted. I'm dysregulated. I'm dealing with systemic oppression. Like not all these things can just be fixed with a pill or if you're pissed at your partner, or maybe it's just a little bit boring. That's another thing. Partners will will be mad because, you know, their other partner isn't in the mood. I'm like, well, is it good for them? Uh, what are they, are they enjoying it? Is it new? Is it exciting? Of course, in the beginning, you want so much of them because there's excitement, there's passion, there's the unknown. So we have to create that in relationships as well. And I really don't want to add to the list of stuff people have to do. Uh, You kind of just have to decide, like, does this matter to me? Is it important to me? How much effort am I willing to put in? And what am I maybe going to have to pull out of my life? Because most people don't have like an at, you know, a jar with space in it in life. You have to take something else out and say, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to, and usually it has to do with being a little bit more selfish and stopping doing everything for everybody else. Saying like, you know what? I'm not going to actually pick up my neighbor's kids, or I'm going to give up you know, volunteering in this one way because I already volunteer in so many other ways so that I actually have time for myself or time for my partner or time to just sleep. <laughs> I love it. I, I like it. Mark, um, I will no longer be able to do any of the work around the house and cleaning if you would like to have sex. I just, I need to remove that from my plate. Do men, <laughs> do men have, do men have a lower, like are men just wired to just, they don't seem in our experience to have that same problem. It's like they do have spontaneous desire. 
Yeah, so I, I think we do see more men experiencing spontaneous desire overall, but there are massive variations even within gender. There are plenty of men who, especially in longer-term relationships, um, experience more responsive desire or aren't in the mood until they do something to get themselves in the mood. But there's also, you know... Um, I think, practical elements. So men tend to do less around the house overall. Of course, there are exceptions. Mm -hmm. But I, I always, you know, I work with so many clients because I work primarily with entrepreneurs. And uh, there's a mix, but more of the partners who are running the businesses are men. And so they'll say like, oh, she's never in the mood or she's distracted or she's worried about the kids in the next room. And I have to kind of flip the flip the context and say, okay, so if your board of directors was living in your house, a lot of them run companies, right? Or mm -hmm. if your client list was living in your house or sleeping in the next room, how would it feel for you so that they can have some sort of understanding? Uh, what I find with couples is that we can always find common ground, but we have to have these uncomfortable conversations and people don't want to have them. Uh, and I, I'll tell you, and I'm sure many, many of your listeners and followers have partners, male partners, who want it less than them. And we also don't talk about that because that's mm -hmm. a flipping of those gender scripts that can be challenging to resolve because of, you know, feelings of emas emasculization or women feeling like, well, I should be uh, more just, desirable. You know, exactly. But I think the that I'm gonna take a quick break and then I wanna I wanna touch on that because I think that there's there's two points to that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. That um, number one, men seem to get their ego so bruised or what we're hearing around any talk about sex. Like it seems like if I don't want to have sex in this moment, it's because you don't love, like you, what's, you should want me, right? Like there, there is a lot of, um, or if you bring up the, that you would like something different. I think a, a lot of women have a hard time in long-term relationships when they've been in them for a long time, bringing up that conversation because men maybe don't know how to communicate. I mean, in life, let alone around sex, you should see her face right now. So are there baby steps that we can do? Like, I'm, I, 
I really want to try to empower women to maybe take back their sexuality. So I, a lot of the conversations have been around, you know, having to have these conversations with men in order to, um, to get to a place where you're happy sexually, but is part of it that women maybe don't know their own sexuality. So we struggle with expressing it or, you know, is there something there that women can do to kind of become more, you know, sexually liberated or confident or like, what is that for us where we're not afraid to say, I don't like that, but can we try this? I feel like there's a piece missing that we're not talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So I like that you're starting with yourself. So I definitely, not not you personally, but if we yeah. start with ourselves and, and masturbate more and touch ourselves and figure out what it is we're into, uh, oftentimes we know that we don't like what they're doing, but we don't actually know what we want them to do. Yeah. Right. So the more you know your body and also the more you know your mind, oh my gosh, there's so many layers to this. Like I, I always think about the erotic emotional connection as far more important than the physical. Like if you can make me feel a certain way, I'm far more likely to get in the mood. It's not a technique. Yeah. You can learn the Claudia, the gentleman can go and learn all the different techniques. You know, I've got more techniques for the vulva and the clitoris than for the penis, but a technique is, is, is going to pale in comparison to figuring out what I call your core erotic feeling. And that is the feeling that you need to feel in order to get in the mood for sex. So you might want to feel loved. You might want to feel desired. You want to, might want to feel powerful. You might want to feel relaxed. And that is the big question for most people. What is my core erotic feeling? And if you can figure out how you want to feel, then everything else is sort of, um, I think, can fit into place a lot more easily. So for example, we'll ha I'll have clients, so many people want to feel desired. Well, their partners come to them and they kind of poke them like a piece of meat or they say to them like, oh, come on, it's been two weeks. Well, that's not making me feel desired. If I say, oh, it's been two weeks versus I say, I've been thinking about you all day and nothing else will do, and I'll do whatever it takes to get you in the mood. Those are two different approaches, and it really is about understanding feelings. And when we talk about layers, oh my goodness, we have to think about emotional literacy, right? The capacity to handle rejection, all of us of all genders. So sex is, sex is actually really easy. The physical act of sex is so easy, but sex in long-term relationships becomes complicated because it intersects with emotional literacy and expression, with gender roles, with the capacity for me to come to you and say, let's say my partner like grabs me by the face and like sucks my tongue into his mouth and I find it really off-putting. I really want him to touch me gently and do buildup. Well, most of us will wait till we're frustrated and be like, I don't like it when you do that. Instead of saying, I love when you kiss me gently. Mm -hmm. And I would love if you just use the backs of your hands, you know, for a count to 10 and see where that goes. And how do you like to be kissed? So I'm starting with the positive. I'm making an inquiry and then I'm making a specific request. But most of us don't make requests. We lodge complaints. And this isn't to criticize. I mean, I'm the exact same. Of course, I wait until I'm frustrated to speak up. So we just need to, uh, I think, retool our communication styles. And this is from the boardroom to the bedroom. So if we can start with an honest, positive statement, make an inquiry so we give our partner or whomever we're speaking with a chance to weigh in and then make our request. And, you know, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it a little bit, but if you try it, uh, it's, and we do this with kids all the time, right? If you help them with these specific tools, and that's why your kids are going to be able to communicate so much more effectively than we are, because we they're mm -hmm. learning this from a younger age. We didn't have yeah, this. I, I just, I just know you're right. It comes down to emotional literacy, which is just so beyond, that's like sex should be the last 
area we have emotional literacy and it should be, you know, right. Because a lot of people in relationships don't have emotional literacy and they're not emotionally aware themselves of what's going on. They just think that the narrative has been, you have sex to have a healthy relationship End story End scene. That's it. So if you're not having sex, there must be something wrong with you mm-hmm. or the relationship. And is that the case or is this a com- No. No, absolutely. Absolutely not. People can have happy relationships without sex and people can have great sex lives and unhappy relationships. Uh, The two don't have to go hand in hand. Mm. You have to also remember, we put sex and relationships hand in hand. If we look back at what marriage was previously, it wasn't all about love and romance and sex. And we put so much damn pressure on the relationship. Like they're supposed to be your best friend and they're supposed to be your (laughs) companion and they're supposed to, you know, be their co-parent and your roommate and your nesting partner and your sex partner and your spiritual soulmate, all of these things. So we have to, first of all, take responsibility for ourselves. And also, I don't want to ignore the fact that some of us, it's not about just a lack of emotional literacy, but we haven't even been given permission to feel what we feel, right? Like based on our our race, based on our age, Mm -hmm. based on our gender, on the roles we play, some of us are forced to always be strong. When you think about the way all like the systemic notions of identity intersect with this. And so when we think about men, we'll say like, oh, they don't, you know, they're not emotionally attuned or they're not emotionally available. Well, have men been given permission to feel sad, to feel scared, to feel worried, to feel unsure, to feel hopeless? Because emotions are human universal experiences, regardless of gender. Men do not feel less than women. They may be stymied in their capacity and permission to express how they feel, but they have the full range of emotions as people of all genders do. And so I think that we need to also, I I don't want to, again, I never want to put one more layer of responsibility, especially on, on women who are partnered with men, but we have to, you know, be mindful of that and also let them know, like, this is actually something that I need you to work on. Like, this is essential to the relationship. I love you so much. I care about this relationship so much and I want to invest in it because I want to live a long, long, happy life. And this is what I think I need on my end. And this is what I'm willing to do. That's another thing we do. And I know I'm definitely guilty of this. We will tell our partners what we need of them, but we don't really think about what action we're willing to take. Like with the core erotic feeling, people are like, well, yeah, I need my partner to feel sexy. And I'm make sorry, I need my partner to make me feel sexy because my core erotic feeling is I need to feel sexy. Okay, cool. It's actually your job to make yourself feel sexy. Like it's 80% your job to do all the things that you need to do in life. Ow, I hit my funny bone. (laughs) (laughs) What do you need to do to make yourself feel sexy? And then what they do is they're like 10 to 20%. We really have to be responsible for our own experience for our own feelings. Of course, they shouldn't be making you feel unsexy. And this applies to any specific core erotic feeling. Like maybe your core erotic feeling is that you need to feel relaxed. And you're like, well, I need them to relax me. No, you need to adjust your lifestyle so that you have more opportunities to feel relaxed. And and again, I, I want to acknowledge that you know it's a privilege to get to cultivate that space, that not everybody has the same yeah. access to, you know, me time and relaxation time. I hear that's why it sounds like sex with strangers is a lot easier than sex with long-term relationships. It is in terms of getting to the sex, but in long-term relationships, the sex is more satisfying. So yeah, of course it's easier for me to like meet someone on the street and feel attracted to them in the moment because there's also that excitement, right? Like that serotonin, dopamine, like rush of adrenaline, norepinephrine that you're not going to get with a partner that you see every day. 
right? Like, yeah, you know, when course. they're constipated. Like, <laughs> are there some people that never like, you know, those I'm just going to just again say, cause it's mostly men, but like that I hear about men that just can never get over that like first time excitement. And so they never get into a long-term relationship because they just love doing that over and over again. I think there's many of us who, who feel that way. Definitely. Again, like all genders. Uh, I, I think that there's many reasons why we avoid long-term relationships. Sometimes it has to do with attachment styles. Sometimes it's about, you know, avoiding an emotional connection. And there are people who don't want to be monogamous. And I know that that can be very hard for people to hear, but consensually non-monogamous relationships have the same outcomes in terms of trust and commitment and love and passion as monogamous ones. So some people opt not to be monogamous, not just because they want all the sex, but because they maybe want multiple sources of love. Uh, and I hope, and I feel very optimistic, that younger people are opting in and out of what works for them as opposed to just being assigned things. Like, come on, we know so many people who met a partner in like first or second year college or university. And then, you know, college is over, university is over, so you move in together. And then you're like, well, we've been living together a year, so we should get married. Yeah, uh, And they haven't really thought about like, is this a plan that I want for myself? We've sort of been assigned these roles. And a lot of it has to do with sex negativity. This idea that like, well, I shouldn't have multiple partners or I don't want my so-called body count to go up. So there's no like simple answer to all of these things. Uh, I think the bottom line is if you're in a long-term relationship, you have to decide like, what does sex mean to you? Like the first thing I'll have people do is a sexual values exercise to kind of understand what does sex mean to you? Like, what are the physical? What are the emotional? What are the relational? What are the practical, uh, perhaps spiritual elements of sex for you? Because like for you, Kat, it's going to be different than for me versus Nat. Everybody's different. So if we can have these conversations, we can better understand ourselves first and then understand our partners. And I'll just plug my podcast quickly yes, if you don't please. mind. Because yes. we do all of these different exercises on the podcast, my partner Brandon and I, and we share them. So it's the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast if you want to learn more about sexual values or the core erotic feeling or any of these concepts. Yeah. Jess, if, if, you know, someone out there is listening and they're feeling like everything you're saying is resonating with me so much, I feel like I need to go and talk to somebody who can help us other than the podcast. Can they, can they work with you or where should they turn? Uh, if people want to shoot me a message, I can try and refer them to someone. They can also, I, I'm not seeing clients, but I, they can also check out the ASECT listing. It's kind of a weird acronym, but it's the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. So wow. A-A-S-E, I know that's kind of weird. You'll put it in the show notes, ASECT.org. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. And we have to remember too, that when we go and get help, when we go and see a therapist, when we go and see a counselor, it doesn't mean that we have to have hit rock bottom. A lot of people will go see people, go see a therapist or a counselor just to keep things on the right track, right? Some people will see, or you could even see a coach because a lot of therapists and counselors are also coaches where you just see them for one or two sessions. And some of us just need a little bit of clarity, some specific suggestions. You don't necessarily have to be lying on a couch sharing your entire life story in order to, you know, make small improvements in your life. And, and also that goes to accessibility. Not everyone can, you know, access, um, access that, but you but can access podcasts, podcasts. I was just going to say, which are free and you can easily listen to. And <clears throat> I always say, um, forward it to, um, your partner who may, might not want to hear it from you, but can hear it. It's a lot easier to hear it from a doctor. And Jess is a doctor 
Um, so make sure that if, yes, you are. <laughs> so make sure that if you're struggling, um, there's lots of, lots of places. And I really do think like, number one, thank you so much for this conversation. And I think number two, women, if you're listening, this really, you don't have to fix your, your partner. You have to kind of work on yourself first. And then you can, if you can work on yourself, you might lead, um, by the example maybe. And if, if it breaks up, you know exactly what you like. Yeah. And you don't have to be perfect, right? I think that's no. the other thing is there's, there's pressure to be perfect in every arena, but especially sex, right? Mm. This idea that like, we can't screw up you know, I struggle with everything we're talking about. Like I struggle to get in the mood. You know, one thing I hate, I hate initiating sex. Like I freaking hate <laughs> doing it too. But I know that sometimes I need to do it because I know my partner also really likes to feel wanted and this man deserves to feel wanted. Yeah. So I know that even though I don't really like doing it, I'm, and I'm still awkward. Like, I don't know why I'm still awkward. <laughs> I've written books on it. Like my last book is literally about seduction. And I'm like, so I know in theory how to do it. I've got all the tools, but sometimes I just, I'm like, nah, I don't want to do it. I'd rather pout. <laughs> oh, God. And, um... Jess, I was, I was, I had one more question for you and then it was kind of gone, but in, yeah, it's gone. Oh, it's gone. Well, that's too well, bad. Her. Yeah. I, I had, I could talk, I could talk I know. to you. For, so I could easy talk, to talk to you. You are like literally the, 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 you have the best energy and just such a good spirit. So you make everyone just feel so normal, which is the best part because everyone feels like they're the only one that feels that way. Yeah. And that's what you guys are doing too. Like you're super insightful around, especially like that, starting with yourself. And I think that, that there's a lot of power in that in every arena. Well, I was also going to say, this is the only act where you'll put a penis in your mouth, but you won't talk about, like, you won't talk about your feelings, but you'll eat ass and suck a dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's pretty wild that you, we can't actually get oh. vulnerable with words, but you can do all the actions. And don't we say that to teens all the time? Like if you're not yes. ready to talk about it, are you ready to do it? And we hold young people Ooh. to a much higher standard than we hold adults. And we need to like learn from that. Oh, that's really good advice. <laughs> we have, oh gosh, we had one more question that wanted to be asked. And I know we were oh, about to say goodbye. Okay. I was just, uh, well, I don't know if Jess has this answer, but um, in terms of giving, in terms of giving vibrators to your, to, to your um, children or ch to your teens, is there an age that you would think would be a good age? I definitely think it depends on uh, on the teen. And I think that what you have to remember is that you are the expert, not only in your experience, but you're the adult that's the expert in your teens. Between you and your teen, I think you can decide. And we have to remember that, you know, a vibrator isn't going to get them pregnant. A vibrator isn't going to give them an STI. A vibrator can help them to better understand their body uh, so that they can better communicate their boundaries. And my observation is that parents who are open about not just sex, but pleasure with young people, those are the ones who set their boundaries really firmly. And I see a lot of them delaying sex. The more open I see the parents are, especially the mothers with, and with daughters, the more open they are with their daughters, the more their daughters are like, oh, I can take it or leave it. And also I can take care of myself. So I'm just going to wait until I can find somebody who's kind of worthy of being a partner. And that's not to say that delaying sex is better or worse either. But I know that, you know, everybody's always a little bit nervous uh, because, you know, there are risks that come with having sex at a, at any age. Right. I also so, told my girls to sit that our girls, we were, in, we were on a boat. I go, listen, girls, because they're going to right now. I'm like, the sex is going to be all kinds very soon. I go, but the, the sooner you start, the longer you have to do it for life. So I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, just giving you the advice. 
if you want to delay it, your that's your vagina is yours for a very long enough for a very short time in life. You but know what I mean? Yes, that's uh, that's really good advice. Yeah. Everything you just said about that. I know that you're not saying either way, but I mean, all of all of that is so valid. Yeah, and I wish I could. There's no age, right? Like I yeah. think some yep. some 15 year olds are ready, and but I also wonder what would the damage be that you're telling them that pleasure is normal, that you're telling them that they they have control over their body. Like, what is the What's risk the here? Yeah, and yeah. obviously people can think about like whatever the laws are in their jurisdiction. I don't know anything about that, and I think it changes from state to state. Masturbation's illegal. Oh, uh, well, uh, sex toys in some places, like in Texas, you can only own I forget five or six sex toys. <laughs> are they coming to count so so if you're gonna give your your you know your daughter's going off to call or your daughter's like starting college and you're giving her one you're like do i have to get rid of one of mine because there'll be six in the house oh, my, just, god. oh my god that is so hilarious oh lord oh my god well just thank you so 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 much we just appreciate your time and um good luck in jamaica and barcelona and toronto and on your cruise ships um i see you on the desire cruise all the time i'm nat and i will be on one together one day just to <laughs> learn all about the things um, and where, where are you going next you're traveling you're doing a tour another tour yeah, we're doing Canada, and then we're doing Florida, and then 2023, the dates are going to be coming out. We're going to be all over the place. I'm really happy for you. Really, really happy. Thank you, Jess. really happy for you. Thank Hopefully, you. we'll run into you in person soon. Thanks for everything. Pleasure. Bye. 